So if you're in the midst of a trial, if you're in the midst of sorrow, just have faith that God is gonna make this thing work out so amazing and you're going to have an incredible feeling of joy from this very thing that caused you sorrow. Welcome to In Grace with Jim Scudder Jr. He is the senior pastor of Quentin Road Baptist Church in Lake Zurich, Illinois, as well as the host of In Grace Radio and TV. Welcome to In Grace. This is Jim Scudder Jr. And today we are studying John chapter 16 in our series, The Story of Jesus. What we've done is taken a chronological look at the life of Jesus, and we are really in the last day of his life before his crucifixion. Now, we know he rose again, so he is still alive. Uh, but uh, before he, he was crucified, this is it. These are the last few moments, last few things he's teaching his disciples as he's about to be in Gethsemane, sweating drops of blood because of the thought of becoming sin. Uh, this perfect, holy, innocent, righteous God is going to take upon himself sin. So right before he does that, he's he's helping us. And one of the greatest helps for Christians is to know about the Holy Spirit, the Comforter. And in John 16, we learn a lot about the Comforter. As a matter of fact, today, we're talking about him being the one that is going to reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. We're going to start there today and really analyze that. What does the Holy Spirit do in the life of the world, the life of the unbeliever? Of course, we know what he does for us as a believer. We're sealed until the day of redemption. He also empowers us and helps us uh, in our life. But the Holy Spirit does more than that, and, and we'll talk about that at the beginning. And then we're also going to talk about turning sorrow into joy because our text in John 16 and verse 20 says that your sorrow shall be turned into joy. And then it says, like a woman that is having a baby and there's a lot of pain and sorrow, but once she has the baby, there's incredible, immense joy. And that's about what the analogy is that Christ is going to be going through the suffering. But once it's passed, once he has secured redemption for us, it's incredible joy. And so when you're going through a trial, remember that. When there's a great trial, after that trial, there's going to be great joy. So we're going to talk about all that and more today here on In Grace. And then we also are really excited about uh, taking some of you with us to Israel and also to Alaska. So we have uh, a couple times a year where we go somewhere and we invite our In Grace friends with us. And we are so excited because we are able to get to know you and spend time with you and show you some incredible places. So Alaska is coming up this July. It's a creation cruise. We have a creation speaker, special music. We have a room every evening to worship and I'll be teaching. And uh, just spending time with you, eating with you, getting to know you is exciting for me and my wife, Karen. So we'd love to have you come on our Alaska cruise. It's a Holland America cruise. And you can find out information on our website, ingraceradio.com. Uh, click on travel, or you can call us for the free brochure, 1-800-78-GRACE. And then we also have two trips to Israel. Uh, the one coming up this month is probably full, but next year in February, we're going as well. And if you'd like to go to Israel with InGrace, check that out on our website, ingraceradio.com. The Holy Spirit's job is not convicting the world of sins, for there is only one sin that you can commit that will keep you out of heaven, and that is the unpardonable sin. And what is that? 
that's not believing. The sin of unbelief, that's the sin. And it says it right here. He will reprove the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. Now let's talk about reprove real quick. Reprove is a legal term, and it means to bring to light, to expose, to refute, to convict, to convince. Okay? So we're talking about, almost think of a courtroom. You have God, the Father, as the judge. We are witnesses. The Holy Spirit is the prosecutor, and the unsaved, they're on trial. Okay? So we have... The Spirit of God is going to come. He's going to reprove, which again is to bring to light, expose, refute, to convict, and to convince the world of sin. Of sin because they believe not on me. Right? Sin of unbelief is the one sin that condemns people to hell. Every other sin is paid for. But if you commit the sin of unbelief, you're not putting your trust in Jesus Christ. You're not accepting the free pardon, and therefore you will face the consequences of that, which is eternal hell. Of sin, because they believe not on me. Of righteousness, because I go to my Father and see, ye see me no more. Now that's kind of interesting, right? You have, the Spirit is convicting the sinner of righteousness. Wouldn't you think the Spirit would be convicting the world of unrighteousness? No, it says righteousness, Why? Because the righteousness of Jesus Christ is what the world needs to know about, okay? You are a sinner, and there is a Savior. There is one that is righteous, okay? So that's the Spirit's job through us to convince, to convict the world that they need to receive the righteousness of Jesus, okay? Of righteousness, and he says, because I go to my Father, and then it says, of judgment, of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. So who is the prince of the world? That is Satan. He's called the prince of this world. But let me tell you something about Satan. He is a defeated prince. He's still here. He's a usurper. He's getting kicked out. The sheriff is coming. But he's still around. But the world needs to be reproved of judgment. In other words, when Jesus died, Satan was defeated. The world needs to know that. Don't obey the devil. Don't believe the devil because he's lost. Okay? So that's the spirit of God's work in this world is to convince the world of these things. One author said it this way. He said, when a lost sinner is truly under conviction, he will see the folly and evil of unbelief. He will admit that he does not measure up to the righteousness of Christ. He will realize that he is under condemnation because he belongs to the world and the devil. The author continues, the only person who can rescue him from such a horrible situation is Jesus Christ, the Son of God. There can be no conversion without conviction. There can be no conviction apart from the Spirit of God using the Word of God and the witness of the child of God. Amen? So that is what our responsibility is. And that's the gift of the Holy Spirit to us that we can accomplish those things in the life of the lost. John 16, verse 12, we continue. I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. <laughs> He's got so much more to say, 
Uh, They're having a hard time receiving everything he's saying, but he doesn't have much more time. Howbeit, when he, the spirit of truth, is come, he will guide you in all truth. Isn't that great? Jesus didn't have a lot of time. He had to be arrested and tried and crucified and in the tomb for three days and then resurrected and then ascending into heaven in 40 days. But the spirit of God was gonna be with them and, and the spirit of God was gonna be able to guide them and help them understand. So when you're reading your Bible, let me just tell you to do something. You're gonna come to things you don't understand. I promise you, I do too. I've been studying this book my whole life. I still come to things that I don't understand. Pray this prayer. Dear Father, allow the Spirit of God to guide me to bring this truth to me, to help me understand this. And he will. It's incredible what he'll do for you. So we have that. We have that in every person. Continues in verse 13 of John 16. For he shall not speak of himself. The Holy Spirit isn't talking about the Holy Spirit. This is one of the big things I have against the charismatic, the Pentecostal movement, is that they emphasize the sign gifts. That's not the Spirit of God's way. Okay, he's always pointing to who? Jesus. The Holy Spirit's talking about Jesus. And it says, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. He shall glorify me, this is Jesus speaking of the Holy Spirit, for he shall receive of mine and shall show it unto you. All things that the Father hath are mine, therefore saith I that he shall take of mine and shall show it unto you. So allow the Spirit of God to teach you and help you learn these things. Somebody put a list together of some of the things the Holy Spirit does, and this isn't exhaustive by any means. I actually edited it down a little bit for time. But the Holy Spirit guides us in all truth. The Holy Spirit points to Jesus. The Holy Spirit is a promise from the Father. The Holy Spirit is for us. The Holy Spirit is essential to our salvation. Uh, You remember the Bible talks about God calling people for salvation. That's the work of the Holy Spirit, convicting, convincing the lost of salvation. Without that, there would be no one that would believe. I'm not talking about Calvinism here. Calvinism just says people that will be saved will be saved. People that will be lost will be lost. No, I believe the offer of salvation is to every person. And we have the free will to either accept or reject it. But without the Holy Spirit, there would be no one that would accept it. No one that would feel the need to put their faith in Jesus Christ. So the Holy Spirit is essential to our salvation. The Holy Spirit brings good fruit. The Holy Spirit is how we defeat sin. It's the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit sends our minds free and the Holy Spirit assures us of salvation. And that's a wonderful, wonderful truth. The Holy Spirit of God alive in the life of every believer. And that's what makes the church age so wonderful and so unique. And that's how you're gonna get through the world hating you and the trials of life, because you have the Spirit of God in you. John 16, 16. A little while, and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while, and ye shall see me, because I go to the Father. What does that mean? Well, think about what's about to happen. Jesus is going to go to the grave. They're not going to see him. He's going to resurrect. They're going to see him. He's going to ascend into heaven. They're not going to see him. They're going to come back. He's going to come back for them. 
They're going to see him. And then we come back with him. So we have Jesus saying, listen, I'm not always going to be with you, but there will be someone with you at all times. And by the way, if the Holy Spirit is God and Jesus is God, Jesus is in us through the Holy Spirit, okay? But Jesus physically and bodily is where right now? At the right hand of God the Father. That's why we feel it's not a smart thing to say to someone to be saved. You need to take Jesus into your heart. Why do we think that's not a good thing to tell someone? Because it's not in the Bible. You might be surprised at that because so many Christians say that. You say that to children. If you want to get saved, take Jesus into your heart. And some of you got saved that way, but you, you didn't take Jesus into your heart. A lot of kids think that you're taking Jesus into your pump. They don't understand the heart uh, like we might. But it also is putting your trust in Jesus, putting your faith in him. That's what saves you. And then we get indwelt by the Spirit of God, and Christ is in us through the Spirit. Okay, so that's the proper way to think about all that. You're listening to In Grace with Jim Scudder Jr. Are you looking for an adventure that will take your breath away? Then check out In Grace's new series, Amazing Arches, that explores the natural beauty of God's creation. From the iconic, delicate arch in Utah to the lesser-known arches in Arizona, Colorado, and Kentucky, this series showcases the stunning diversity of these natural wonders. But it's not just about the scenery. Amazing Arches also features Ph.D. astronomer Dr. Danny Faulkner and Ph.D. geologist Andrew Snelling, who provide fascinating insights into the geology and history of these iconic landmarks. Get your copy of Amazing Arches for a gift of any amount. And when your gift is $25 or more, we'll include the popular video series, Our Awesome Universe, Big Bang or Big God. Call now at 800-78-GRACE or visit our website at ingraceradio.com or write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. In verse 17 of John 16, it says, Then said some of his disciples, among themselves, what is this that he saith unto us? A little while, and you shall not see me, and again a little while, and you shall see me, because I go to the Father. They said, therefore, what is this that he saith? A little while. We cannot tell what he saith. Now again, they're talking among themselves. You think they would just ask Jesus, right? They're having this talk. They're heading down to this final spot, this Garden of Gethsemane. They're going down through Mount Zion, down to the Kidron Valley, up onto the Mount of Olives. The base of the Mount of Olives is the Garden of Gethsemane. It's the Olive Press. Gethsemane is the Olive Press. They could have just stopped and say, hey, you know, can you explain that further? What did you mean by that? But they didn't. But Jesus, again, read their thoughts. Verse 19, now Jesus knew that they were desirous to ask him and said unto them, do ye inquire among yourselves of that I said a little while and ye shall not see me. And again, a little while and ye shall see me. That had to be chilling to hear Jesus say what you were thinking or what you were whispering. Verily, verily, those words mean truthfully, truthfully. And anytime Jesus said those words of a truth, of a truth, whatever he's about to say next is extremely important. I say unto you, Jesus said, that ye shall weep and lament. Wait, I thought this Christian thing was going to be all like happy and roses and everything's great. No, that's not what Jesus is saying. But the world shall rejoice, and ye shall be sorrowful. But your sorrow, here it is. Here's the secret. 
shall be turned into joy. This is transformation. How do we understand this? Okay, Jesus gives you an illustration. Are you ready? All the women in the room that have had children will totally get what I'm about to say. All the men in the room that have had the privilege of witnessing this moment, you will also know exactly what I'm about to say. Verse 21, Jesus said, a woman, when she is in travail, hath sorrow because her hour is come. But as soon as she is delivered of the child, she remembereth no more the anguish for joy that a man is born into the world. Think about that. What caused the pain of labor? The child, that little stinker, caused you all that grief and anguish and pain? When uh, Karen gave birth, I thought, well, we're only having one child. She'll never, ever do that again, ever. And then I saw little Amy placed into Karen's arms, and I just saw on Karen's face that little child that caused her all that pain was now the same exact thing that was causing her great joy. There it is. That's what God can do. So if you're in the midst of a trial, if you're in the midst of sorrow, just have faith that God is going to make this thing work out so amazing and you're going to have an incredible feeling of joy from this very thing that caused you sorrow. I don't understand it. I can't explain it. I've experienced it. I know it's true. But that same trial that caused pain can cause joy and only God can do that. An illustration of that in the Bible is Joseph. The story of Joseph. His brothers sold him into slavery. He's put into prison by Potiphar as a criminal. Not his fault. That should not have happened to him. But what did God do? God transformed this absolutely hopeless situation into something that was amazing because this Joseph saved his family and they became a great nation. And from that family comes Jesus. God can do that. He can turn your sorrow into joy. We'll continue in John 16, 22. And ye now therefore have sorrow. They had no idea how bad it was about to get. But I will see you again and your heart shall rejoice and your joy no man taketh from you. And in that day, ye shall ask me nothing. Verily, verily, there it is again. I say unto you, whatsoever ye shall ask, the Father in my name, I will give it to you. Now stop one second. I know what you're thinking. You're thinking Lamborghini, 12-room mansion. Well, why stop at 12 bedrooms, right? You're thinking those things. Oh, I can ask whatever I want? No, no, no. Uh, verse 24, hitherto have ye asked nothing in my name. Ask, and ye shall receive that your joy may be full. What we're talking about is asking in the will of God. And if you are indwelt by the Spirit of God and you're walking in the Spirit of God, you're going to ask for those things that are of God. Okay? One person said this, true prayer is not overcoming God's reluctance. Oh, God, please answer my prayer. We just need to overcome his reluctance to grant us this. No, that's not what it is. But this person said, but overcoming God's willingness. 
God is looking for you to ask in faith. And this is the lesson for the disciples. There is joy in praying. There is joy in receiving answers to prayer. Learning that will bring us joy. Verse 25 of John 16. These things have I spoken unto you in Proverbs, but the time cometh when I shall no more speak unto you in Proverbs, but shall show you plainly of the Father. What does that mean? That just means that Sometimes Jesus early on was talking in terms that they wouldn't totally understand but would stand the test of time. But now he is getting very blunt and very forthright with them. And that will continue. Verse 26. At that day ye shall ask in my name and I say not unto you that I will pray the Father for you. For the Father himself loveth you because ye have loved me and have believed that I came out from God. I came forth from the Father and am come into the world. Again, I leave the world and go to the Father. His disciples said unto him, Lo, now speakest thou plainly and speakest no proverb. Now are we sure that thou knowest all things and needest not that any man should ask thee? By this we believe that thou comest forth from God. And that's a wonderful statement, isn't it? Seems like they're finally getting it. They're finally understanding it. Jesus answered them, do you now believe? Behold, the hour cometh, yea, is now come. This is it. This is it. Just a few more chapters and Jesus will be under arrest. That ye shall be scattered, every man to his own, and shall leave me alone. And yet I am not alone because the Father was with me. I wonder how that's possible. How was it that they all fled? But they did. And I'm sure we will disappoint the Lord. But the Lord is faithful, isn't he? Verse 33 of John 16. These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. Are you looking for peace? Are you longing for peace? Read the words of Jesus. In the world ye shall have tribulation. I don't like that. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And all God's people said, amen. Jesus died and paid for your sins. If you believe in him, that is to trust in him, you will be saved and you will spend eternity with God in heaven. Does your life become easy? Not always. But whatever you go through is going to be used of God to bring great joy. And peace can be from God. You first have to receive by faith Jesus Christ. If you want to talk to someone about eternal life, uh, about salvation, uh, please contact us, ingraceradio.com, or call us at 1-800-78-GRACE. If it's after hours, leave a voicemail, and we will have someone call you and get back with you and, and help you. This is the most important thing that you'll ever know is how to be saved. And we also are excited because we we have these uh, really neat video series that we produce here at InGrace. And this one is one of the most beautiful ones we've ever made. And the reason is because it features these natural arches. We call it Amazing Arches. And we are guided through the Red River Gorge in 
Eastern Kentucky with Dr. Danny Faulkner, who is a PhD scientist with Answers in Genesis. And then we take a, a trip out west and we look at the incredible arches of Colorado and Utah. And you'll definitely want to watch this. We've been featuring it on the radio on Fridays, uh, but you really need to see this as well. It's a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun together, but uh, I think to see it is a whole nother level. So to get amazing arches, all you do is make a gift of any amount to In Grace, and that gift will make sure more people hear the gospel of grace. And then we're going to thank you by sending you amazing arches, either by DVD or digital download. If your gift can be $25 or more, we're going to send you a second video, which I think is really good. Our awesome universe, Big Bang or Big God, also featuring Dr. Danny Faulkner. Are you looking for an adventure that will take your breath away? Then check out InGrace's new series, Amazing Arches, that explores the natural beauty of God's creation. Get your copy of Amazing Arches for a gift of any amount. And when your gift is $25 or more, we'll include the popular video series, Our Awesome Universe, Big Bang or Big God. Call now at 800-78-GRACE. Visit our website at ingraceradio.com or write to us at InGrace PO Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Thank you for joining us on InGrace Radio with Jim Scudder Jr. InGrace is a member of the Evangelical Council for Financial Accountability. Our goal is to share the light of Jesus to a darkening world, helping you find hope, gain purpose, and be a light. You can be that light today by joining our mission to spread the gospel around the world. Just call us, 800-78-GRACE, or go online, ingraceradio.com. You can also write to us at InGrace, P.O. Box 9, Lake Zurich, Illinois, 60047. Tune in tomorrow as we continue to explore God's Word and His world on InGrace Radio.